When I had turned 30, I was standing in the heart of Africa. Well, to me, it was the heart of Africa because it was Kenya where my mum had been born. And then I was learning so much about myself and my heritage. And then I went on to Uganda and I was working in the aid and development sector. And it was like just something inside me just switched on. I came alive. I was tuned in. And some amazing things came out of my time in Uganda. Things that, you know, you just look back and you go, I don't even know how this happened, but it just did. And I just want to share with you three stories. The first we had just arrived at the worst of the war-torn conflict zone in Uganda. And all the people had scattered and left. And they hadn't come back yet. And the place was pretty overgrown and, and just there was really empty. And then I stood on some of the foundation bricks of an old house that had been tortured or ripped apart and probably set light. And I just stood on top of these bricks. I just felt that was what I needed to do. And then a stream of emotions just flowed through me, really heavy emotions of the injustice people had gone through in this place. The sadness and depression and the violations and the, the human rights that are just so wrong. And I just, I felt these injustices and I just wanted to empower these people because it was just so, so awfully sad to feel it. And as I was standing there, I, I just felt these words just come out of my stomach, my gut, my heart. And I just started to speak out. Sometimes it was English. Sometimes it was a language I didn't even understand. But it was speaking into the people that lived there. And then more and more people would be gathered around me. And I wasn't realizing this until the end. I was just doing what I felt that I needed to do. And then people started to walk out of the bushes ahead of me and joined the crowd. People started, I remember women and children, children just engaged into the words that I was saying and women were crying of joy and men were holding their women and families were together and they were reuniting and it was the most precious the most wondrous time I have ever felt part of. Something greater than myself, something greater than anything that was happening. I was just tuned in. I was listening and giving out what I needed to be given out. And the people heard. And the people came back and I heard a couple of years after that that they started to rebuild their community again. 
Then a few days later, I had, we'd gone to another remote village in North Uganda. And so I left the meeting that was talking about when they were saying that rain hadn't come for years, like we were talking about 10 years and they were in devastating circumstances and all their crops had failed and they have no, hardly no food left and they were struggling, the people there. And I heard what they needed to say. And again, my body, my gut and heart and head all combined tuned into what was needed and I just started walking without thinking and I just started walking around the place and sowing seeds of love and rain and beauty and speaking into the environment, speaking into the air, speaking into the ground, speaking into their crops, speaking into the people, speaking into the whole camp of where they lived and just walked and and did this and opened it up to the heavens and asked for rain. Bless these people with rain. And then we went away for a few days and went up further up right up to the border and then we came back and to check in to see how they were going we said that we'll come back on the way and they received rain all the rain that they needed for their crops to stop failing for them to get enough food to keep on going and so we all just did this amazing African dance together and sung and alleluias and 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 again a community empowered we came together we connected we delivered something that was supernatural that was outside of our ourselves but believed that change is possible believed that rain could come and it came and then again a few days later we were driving back towards Kampala and we were in a dangerous sort of road situation where we really couldn't get outside the vehicle and, and anything like that. But I felt within my spirit, within my own self that we had to check the tyre. There was something wrong with one of the tyres. I didn't know which one, I just knew there was something wrong and the a Ugandan man who was driving said, no, 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 the, it's all good, wheel alignment's fine, you know, we'll keep on going. And then five minutes later I said, no, we have to stop and check the tyres and he's explaining to me that it's an unsafe area, we can't do this, we can't get out right now, you stay in the car, okay, I'll stop and just check the tyres quickly. But all he did was he just looked at them and he didn't look at them close enough. And so he came back and he said, no, none of them are flat. They're all looking okay. Let's keep going. And then 25 minutes later, I said, I'm, I'm sorry, but we got to check the tires. <laughs> we, there is something wrong. And he listened to me again. And we were just 10 minutes outside of Kampala. So he just said, okay, let's just stop. We're safer here. Uh, let's all get out and check our tires so we're not walking around the vehicle and underneath mine my underneath me my tire i was in the front passenger seat each of the bolts were on its last thread if he had driven another 
few metres ahead, they could have come off and we would have gone down the side of a very steep embankment on the side of the left where the wheel was. And uh, the four of us may not have survived. And we got back in and we tightened them up and we checked, we got into Kambala and then we tightened them again with the right tools. And he, and we're all just discussing like, you know, Mel, you know, how did you know about the tyre? And I, I said, again, I don't know. I, don't, I just am tuned in to the earth, to what is happening. I am alive. And I couldn't explain it at all back then because my self-belief started to grow in that time because if you looked back earlier in my life even in my 20s through married life and I, I married somebody who was told constantly that they were perfect and that they were put on a pedestal and so anything that I didn't do that he actually did I was blamed for so that reinforced what was reinforced in my childhood when I was constantly told that you're the problem you're the mistake you shouldn't have been born it's your fault you're the problem you're the problem and my parents and teachers and a principal that kept on um, being sent to and getting the cane and stuff like that in as in primary school all of those people right in my early childhood constantly told I was a problem and many of us go through those things and if you looked at my way that I behaved as a child you would think that someone noticed. Alone in the garden I played often in the dirt with my two favourite matchbox cars one being the Dukes of Hazard, the um, <laughs> with my crush on Bow and Luke Duke and I loved playing in the dirt with my cars. I loved climbing trees and I loved um, shooting um, hoops and stuff like that. I was a netballer. And I was constantly alone though. And I believed I had to be alone because I didn't want to bring any of my friends over from school because in fear that they would be abused like I have been. Or that I would be punished more for bringing someone over and seeing what's going on. And that was just what I believed. And you could hear in my language when I was growing up, like saying constantly, I'm sorry. Even through my marriage, constantly saying, I'm sorry. It, yeah, it's my fault. Because all those things fed into the internal belief system that I was told that I was the problem. So you could see it in my actions, you could hear it in my language and in my actions I was like, I was proving to everybody I'm not the problem, I'm, I'm an overachiever. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to prove to everybody else that I'm worth something and yet I don't need to. I don't need to prove to anybody that I'm worth something. I have to believe it in myself. And so when I turned 30, and started to see a change in my life. When I started to tune into me and, and me tune into then 
connect into the earth and connect into people and connect into animals and connect into nature and then connect into the world when I started to really believe that I am not that person that I've been told all my life I started to grow I returned back to Australia a new woman my life had changed dramatically just in one month of being away in Africa I was no longer led by false accusations since childhood. I was led by my self-belief, by my courage, by my growth, my purpose in helping others and I was doing it. And I was not doing it to prove my worth. I was doing it because I believed this is my purpose. This is who I truly am. This is why I am alive. I began to be the real person in my story rather than the abused, led girl or or told all these negative statements dictating who I was. You know, and in in my 30s after that, I I excelled in stuff. I, I went to far greater heights in helping and leading others. I finished my master's and doctorate in that time. I was working in, as a lecturer. I had finished in the aid and development sector and I had went on to doing lecturing roles. I um, was marking PhDs. I was creating new ways of learning and studying in the university system. I was um, working in five different police forces around the world and I was loving it. I was loving life. And I even reported my to the police, my abusers, some 25 years later and worked through therapy about all that happened in my childhood that was later in my 30s. And I also viewed life that fitness, it's not exercise to lose weight, it's about fitness to live. And having that inspirational thought I then lost 50 kilos in that decade. And I achieved more in that time than I would have in a whole lifetime that most other people would have achieved in a lifetime. And often that was said to me by friends and colleagues and therapists. They said, wow, what you did in your 30s up to when you were 40 was more than what an 80-year-old would have gone through in their lifetime, far more. So what did I do differently? Well, I became vulnerable vulnerable again. Not vulnerable to be abused again, but vulnerable to stand up and be courageous, to trust when I'm not sure whether I can trust, to love when I still was working out what love was and not to carry around that shame and guilt anymore, but to say, hey, world, I've arrived. How can I help you? And how can I help myself? And then if you've heard some of my other podcasts or read my books, you'll know, unfortunately, in my early 40s in joining the Navy, the worst thing that could have happened occurred. I was sexually abused. I was bullied. I had life threats and they were all covered up. And internally, without knowing it, I became the problem again and I shut down. And every day since then, I've sort of been fighting it 
the last few years. Until recently, it came after a very traumatic day where I can't go into details, but I went to a place where I volunteer and that work became toxic. I was a mess. I was disregarded. Things were covered up. And all that trauma, all that stuff came out. And I, I was just torn apart because I was there just to help people and to reach out and, and to help them be better than where they were and to give them hope. And I was just so torn apart. And uh, I went, I had therapy that day actually, and I went in and was just such a mess. Like I was like, <laughs> couldn't stop crying and, and couldn't even hardly get anything out. And, and I couldn't really remember much of therapy either. So, but the next morning I, I had just, I had to work through it. I am, I work through things a lot quicker these days. And so the next morning I journaled, you know, what went on yesterday? What, what happened? And then I started to seeing these parallels and I realized Friday morning I actually woke up and my intuition said to me, don't go in today, but I didn't listen to it. And I thought my intuition's usually spot on. So why didn't I listen to it? And then I questioned myself more in my journaling and, and, and wrote, why didn't I listen? And then it came back just as quick and I know that that's like really honest feedback when it comes, when you don't think about it, it just comes out from my eternal self. I wrote, I don't want to be the problem. I didn't want to call the manager because I didn't want to be the problem. There it was in black and white, glaring in my face again. I am the problem. It's been secretly ruling my life again in this last decade. And I wrote on my board at home, I got up and I went, okay, no, nah, I am not taking this on anymore. And so I wrote on my chalkboard, I am not the problem. The day went into night and I, at night I'm, I'm sitting there watching some TV and I sit on the floor and I got up and I look, kept on looking at my board and I kept on reading it. I am not the problem. I am not the problem. And then I'm like going, hang on. No, I want to change that. And I just get up and I cross out, I am not. And I wrote, in fact, I was never the problem. In fact, I was never the problem. Then I started to believe it. And then I reached out and shared it with my adopted dad. And he, in his beautiful and caring way, reiterated to me that, yes, you were never the problem. You were never Sometimes it takes so much effort to share our deeper, darker thoughts with someone we trust. But when we do, 
it's like the burden is lifted from us. And it's important to connect with others on that deeper level. Because what remains hidden within inside of us becomes dangerous. And so to take that step forward and to share is just one of those gifts that free gifts that we have been given to do. Who are you in your story? Are you really you? Or are you someone who is led by what was fed to you incorrectly? No matter what anyone has told you through your entire life, remember that you matter. And what we think in a situation creates the way that we feel. So if you look back at some of the stories I shared with you, the, you know, the, there would be different outcomes if I had chosen not to listen to what my intuition was telling me. Or if I wasn't connected in any way, because if I drank too much the night before and my head was foggy that morning and I and I and I really wasn't connected at all to the earth and I couldn't feel that the tire was loose, well I mightn't have survived. I mightn't have come back from Africa. And if we think about that in terms of um well you know, we've got to work on our self-belief and we've got to work on all these things and internal validations in order to get us built up inside to feel strong, to be, you know, we can make thousands of excuses why we aren't the person who we want to be in our story. But if you look at it from the toddler's point of view, a toddler who's learning to swim and I've seen a video of this and it's quite, it's fascinating. Just a toddler learning to swim with a parent in the backyard and they've got their little floaties on and they're, they're all revved up, ready to go and they get in and they start and then they turn back and hold on the side and then they start again and they and then something in them is saying like, oh, no, no, I can't do this. And they turn back and hold on the side. And this one video, this little toddler did it five times. And then just decided, I'm just going to do this. I can do this. Now, we don't know if a toddler can tell themselves to believe in themselves at that point. But what this video was showing is that there was no new lessons in between. There was the parent wasn't, could have been like really encouraging the child, you could do this, you could do this. But there wasn't any of that. The child had decided in its mind to get through those barriers, to move forward without restrictions and to try it. You know, fear and vulnerability sort of moves us towards courage. And if we 
don't step forward without that faith and without that trust that I'm going to be okay, then we'll never move forward. We won't have that courage. Where this toddler, without any new lessons, without any encouragement from anyone else, and I saw it with my own eyes, nothing assured this toddler to make it. And yet, he or she did. Other than their internal self-belief took over and decided to take that step forward and believed, yes, I can make it to the other side. And they did. And I think we can learn so much from that story because to move forward with victory I have to rid myself like now as an adult and we're holding all this shame from our past and we're holding all these negative words from our past and we're holding all these things, uh, the toxic people and places that we've been in, scars from traumas, little or big. All these have developed more and more over the years and if we don't move past them in our story towards victory, and have the courage to move forward and to leave those things behind saying, well, in my present moment, I don't need any of them. Yes, there will always be scars and, and always be triggers and we'll always have those things attached to us, but we don't have to be them. So I choose to rid myself of my shame that I was carrying. It was not mine to hold, nor it is your to hold. And I choose to rid myself of the toxic places and people that were pulling me down. And I choose to rid myself of negative thoughts and the ones that belonged to others that weren't mine to hold and nor for you to hold. And I started to believe in me again. I believe in my confidence, my willpower, my determination, my belief in my choices and my decisions, my gifts and my abilities, my diligence. And I'm still working on some parts of my self-control. But I will be bold in facing my adversities and confidently proclaim, I am no longer a slave to anything over me. No longer. I am no longer a slave to anything of my past. I am who I am today and I stand in all victory of who I am from my past. But it's not going to rule who I am. And I will try my best to be great as you are great. And we will be better and we will succeed and we will triumph because I believed in me and because you can believe in you too. This is Dr. Mel Baker from